there's a, a, a whole slew of ultra potent opioids that are now hitting Toronto streets, at least in recent weeks, and uh, we're seeing overdose deaths mount. Uh, this is uh, uh, more than serious. Uh, Toronto's street drug supply is being increasingly contaminated, and this is a new category of ultra-potent opioids. Uh, the presence of these synthetic opioids, some far more powerful than fentanyl, which kills as it is, uh, misused as it is, has quadrupled in tests of street drugs in the city uh, from less than 1% before COVID to 4%. So that is uh, quite amazing, and... Uh, very disconcerting. And to talk about it, uh, we've got Yona Budd with us. He's the co-founder and clinical director of The Farm in Stouffville and Recover at Home, addiction and crisis therapist. And he's also the host of Road to Recovery on 640 uh, Toronto. This is on Saturdays at 10 p.m. if you want to join him. Good morning, Yona. Good morning, Peter. So tell me about this. Uh, this is this is oh. disturbing to say the least. You must be going pillar to oh post trying to deal with it because you can't just wave your hand and say, you know, I know how to help people recover from drug abuse. Uh, you don't know how to how to help people recover from death. So uh, yeah, right on. You you said it perfectly. You know, it's how do you keep up? You know, you, you save one, you lose ten. You know, the the issue is that there is a tainted drug supply. You know, we were on top of. You know, we were dealing with already being over uh, over our over our skis on the the fentanyl overdose right issue and uh, how strong that is. Now these new drugs have come out because the borders were closed, right? So people couldn't get their shipments through on fentanyl and across the border and all that stuff. So they find, you know, they get crafty, these bad guys. They get crafty, and they found something else that uh, works like an opioid. It was used way back, I think, in the 50s or 60s as some form of pain medicine until they took it off the off the shelves. And it's just, you know, the sad thing is the people that are using these drugs, whether recreationally or as a result of habit, have no idea what they're doing until they do it. In other words, they take it, and they get deathly sick, or they just die. And, uh, and we've yeah. got uh, an epidemic going on here. Yeah, like you go to, you know, you go to KFC, you know, nothing wrong with KFC. You go to KFC and you order a bucket of chicken and you assume that everything in the chicken is okay. And, you know, every once in a while people get sick because you can't really test the chicken. It's the same thing. You know, you're doing drugs, uh, for whatever reason and you either trust the supply or you don't. If you trust the supply, then, you know, you do it more, more openly. I know people now, you know, hardcore users that are doing little bits of, of street drugs, um, because they're really looking for heroin, right? But there isn't any out there. So they can't find heroin. So they go to fentanyl. They can't find fentanyl. So now there's all this other stuff is mixed, but it's also mixed in with cocaine and it's mixed in with everything else. So it's not just, uh, opioid users that are potentially going to overdose and die. It's people that have this stuff cut into all kinds of other street drugs. So it's, uh, it's going to get a lot worse before it gets any better. Well, drugs at that level are often referred to as junk, and that's why you get the word junkie, although that goes back to uh, strictly heroin days. It, it applies right. across the board. And now I'm reading uh, etonitazine and uh, etodesnitazine and metonitazine, and these are names of drugs that I've never heard of. I don't know where they come from. I guess these are the ones that people have resurrected. Yeah. What are they being manufactured yep. locally by uh, people with uh, makeshift labs, or where are they coming from? basements uh china over the internet um you know still very active dark web with uh postal and all kinds of other you know methods of delivery so it's coming that way and people are still shipping it uh over the border uh, in various forms and people are manufacturing it people that are that know what they're doing and have access to a to a you know a, a chemist that knows how to do this stuff can make it in their basement or in a warehouse somewhere so uh yeah it's um 
and, and you pronounce them very well, by the way. I, I, I'm avoiding doing that so I don't make a mess. But the, you know, the, the, at the end of the day, my friend, it's, you know, it's, it's, there is something out there that is causing people to die. And for the most part, these are people that not, that aren't doing it for the purposes of overdosing and dying. They're doing their regular street drug, uh, for whatever reason. And they're getting what's called a hot shot. You know, they're getting a lot more of something than they ever expected. And, uh, now their regular dose, if they use, use their regular dose, they kills themselves. So they have to do little bits at a time to test it. And, yeah, it's um, I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I have no idea how to get a, a handle on it other than, you know, the way we used to provide condoms to people during the AIDS epidemic. I think we should provide, you know, test kits for every drug addict that's out there. Anybody who uses uh, street drugs at, at any level, you know, you can get a free test kit from the government somehow in some way. And, and maybe we can save some lives that way. But all the what therapy the, in the world you know, can't fix this. Let me interrupt you. What are you. When you say yeah, test yeah. kit, are you talking about a kit that you can put a tiny bit of the drug in and find out what yeah. the, the level of, uh, yeah. of uh, potential is or what? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, drug dealers and, and, and people that do large quantity purchases have these kits for, you know, test the quality of cocaine, test the quality of, of the methamphetamine, test the quality of, well, you know, benzodiazepines, whatever they're, you know, hustling, right? So it, there are test kits available at some level. We just need to make them available to everyone who has a need to test what they're doing before they do it. So we've got these drugs that I uh, deftly named that I, don't, I have no idea what they are except they're dangerous. Then we've got something right. called carfentanil, which made a big appearance a couple right. of years ago in the Toronto area. Right. It's like elephant fentanyl, uh, from what I understand, right. a hundred times exactly. as, uh, as strong as fentanyl. It'll kill you in a minute. Um, what right. uh, you, guys like you? Um, you know, I, I sit and talk about this on the radio. Guys like you are on the street. You have people uh, trying to rehabilitate in facilities that you provide. You're a professional at this. It must drive you crazy because I don't know how you get a handle on this. You don't. Like I said, you try to just grab and help the ones you can, and you continue to do radio like we're doing now and my show on Saturday nights and continue to share with people so they get a little smarter. And, you know, like I say, we, we need to look at this as a, as a, the same way you looked at the AIDS epidemic. We need to look at the opioid epidemic and, and just drugs in general because they're all tainted. It's not just a, a heroin thing anymore. You know, I, I treated a, a young, a young girl not long ago, uh, who, you know, had a hair, had a fentanyl overdose, um, smoking weed in a bong because it was dusted because I guess the weed was no good. So they dusted it or sprinkled, you know, something on it to get, make it glisten and get you really high. And she overdosed and ended up uh, in hospital. So, you know, never did an opioid in her life. So it's not just, and it's guys, you know, a couple of lawyers that want to do a couple, you know, do a gram of Coke on a Saturday night and play cards. These guys are ending up in hospital too, because there's no such thing as clean drugs on the street anymore. Well, the only clean drug that I know of, not that I'm a connoisseur of any, uh, would be you go to a, a professional legal store and you can buy cannabis, and that's it. There yes, isn't 100%. anything else that you yep. can go out and buy over the counter. Exactly. I mean, and there's people that uh, have, you know, remember this, for a lot of people, this starts with a pain situation or, or surgical situation or whatever. They start on pain meds, then they get, they like them because they have unsettled mental health. Now they're trying to get more of them. They can't. So someone says, hey, have you tried this? And then they try that. Next thing they're buying it from seniors or, you know, giving up their prescriptions so they can eat. And it just goes around and around and around. And and I just don't know how uh, how to jump in the middle of it, so to speak. Very strange. You know, my own experience with opioids is limited. I I, I had surgery a couple of years ago, and they gave me—I um, guess it was—I guess it was oxy, 
And uh, I took yep. it for two days, and it drove me so crazy. I felt like bugs were crawling on my body that I, I got rid of it and endured the pain and, and got by with Tylenol 3. But, I mean, that's me. Not everybody um, decides that uh, it's so bad to have uh, the feeling that bugs are crawling all over you. But, I mean, we're looking at an 81% jump in opioid-related deaths in Toronto. This is not somewhere else. This is in our own backyard. 81% jump in opioid-related deaths between 2019 and late 2020. What that tells me is that people were were getting this secondary stuff. Uh, to say secondary is giving it more than it's due. And uh, they were doing it because they couldn't get anything else. This is the pandemic. It's the pandemic, and but it was a problem for years prior to the pandemic, Peter. The only difference is the pandemic closed borders, and that now then creates a different situation for those that are importing different drugs from different places to now figure out how to get crafty locally. And that's why you end up with, you know, what I call kitchen drugs, stuff that you can manufacture in your basement. So methamphetamine is, you know, crack cocaine is big these days. Methamphetamine is big. Anything dirty is big these days because you can make it in, in, in the lab, right? Uh, but the, 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 the shutdown of the borders during the pandemic certainly, uh, as you said very astutely, it, it certainly changed the, the dynamics. But uh, we had a problem long before this. Well, it's a very disturbing problem. It has been for many years. And now that it's been aggravated by the closing of borders and such and, and uh, kitchen drug manufacturers, that's uh, a terrible thing. And, I, you know, all I can do is say on behalf of everybody, thank you for monitoring it. Thank you for doing what you do. And for people who want to know more, they can contact you, I imagine, at the farm in Stouffville. Uh, and they can listen to you right here on 640 Saturdays at 10 p.m. Yona, thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Peter. All right, Yona Bud. He is the co-founder and clinical director of the aforementioned farm, the farm in Stouffville and Recover at Home. Addiction and crisis therapist is what he is, and he indeed does host Road to Recovery on Global News Radio 640, and that is uh, on Saturday evenings at 10 o'clock every week.